I want tonight uh, to make sure to, um, again, just say Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, but what we proclaim on this Christmas Eve, um, and this, this is the thing I've been meditating about and thinking about, is that Christianity isn't just an, it's not just an abstract theology to be understood or philosophy, but it is historical. We rehearse what happened. So we have a religion that is not just based in ideology, but, but actual historical events. So to preach the gospel is not to just present ideas or theories, but to tell a story. And it's ultimately our story. So Christianity ultimately then is a confession, not an explanation. We explain what we can, but we always confess more than what we can explain because the sacred story of God is limitless power and strength emptied itself in meekness and in vulnerability so that limitless grace and mercy that all of all of heaven could touch all of earth all of it the lowest places we didn't come up love came down the story has touched our story heaven came down to reveal mercy and grace and beloved that alone is good news See, we're culturally inclined to the idea that exceptionalism and strength are what will save us. But in the telling of this story, we see Jesus coming with his life, giving his life in meekness, in vulnerability, and in love, and inviting us to do the same. And church history is filled with remarkable examples of those who've chosen to live from the heart of Jesus in real time. So one of those classic examples is one, I think I've shared this story before, but I wanted to share it again tonight. I took my daughter for the first time, uh, daughter, excuse me, granddaughter, my three-year-old granddaughter to the botanical garden last week to meet uh, Santa Claus. And now she is really pumped about what she told Santa Claus she's going to get. So I, was having, I had a little bit of fun with this, but I want to tell the story of that man. You need to tell what she was going to get. Oh, you need to tell what she asked for? Oh, by the way, she asked for a unicorn. So, <laughs> so no pressure on Logan and Holly at all. <laughs> but anyway, um, in the third century, there really did exist a man who lived in a Greek village, uh, and the village was called Patera. At the time, it was Greek. Uh, now it's in Turkey. And this man, Nicholas, was born to wealthy parents. Uh, so he was born into what we would call, what you know, culturally we would say is privilege. Um, his parents were devout Christians and invited him to, to uh, uh, become and to follow Jesus as well, and he did. And yet, as a young man, his parents died of an epidemic that came through the area. And so, as a young man, Nicholas is not just a devout Christian, but he's a very wealthy young man. 
And so as he studies the words of Jesus, the man that he's following, he reads words like this, sell what you own and give to the poor. So he decided he's going to take that seriously. He he used his whole inheritance to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering in some of the most remarkable ways. He dedicated his life to serving God. He became a, a pastor and later a bishop. Uh, he was one of the youngest bishops to be raised up in that time. He was the Bishop of Myra during the 4th century. Nicholas of Myra was known throughout the land for his generosity, for his faith, for his love for others. Um, and under the Roman Emperor Diocletian, before, before Constantine, so you've got Diocletian, uh, who was the Roman Emperor, and he so ruthlessly persecuted Christians that it was said that during that time there were more bishops and clergymen and uh, uh, deacons that were in prison than there were criminals. So when Constantine legalizes Christianity, um, not only is Nicholas freed, but he joins the Council of Nicaea, the first known recorded council of the early church to clear up the theology of the church and the confessions of the church, one of those being the Nicene Creed. He participated in putting that together. And through the centuries, uh, a lot of stories, a lot of legends have been told about St. Nicholas and his deeds and his life uh, because he's absolutely loved throughout church history as an individual who loved God and loved people. December the 6th is called St. Nicholas Day around the world. Um, now, I want to share just a few quick accounts that are recorded about his life in memory. One, uh, in each, interestingly, each one of these surround around a man who lived uh, with these extraordinary elements of his life of faith, hope, and love. One of the oldest stories uh, of St. Nicholas being the protector of children took place actually after his death. Now, I don't want to even try to go into explaining this. I do believe there's probably something that happened. I don't believe that he literally came back, but this is the way the story is told. I believe that probably this was an angelic visitation, but here's the way it went. The townspeople of Myra were celebrating the good saint on the eve of his feast. And a band of Arab pirates came from Crete uh, to uh, invade. They stole treasures from the church of St. Nicholas uh, to take away his booty. And as they were leaving town, they snatched up a young boy, Basilios, and they made him a slave, specifically to the emir of these Arab pirates, or the ruler. Now, he was chosen to be a cupbearer to the emir, uh, mainly because he didn't know the language. So the emir could speak freely and around him and didn't fear that this young boy would be able to know what he was talking about. So for the next year, he waited on the king in Crete. The year passed slowly, and Basilius's parents were devastated, praying for their, for their son, filled with grief as the next St. Nicholas feast day approached. Uh, Basilius' mother said she wouldn't join the festivity, but uh, as it was now just becoming a day of tragedy for her. However, she was persuaded to have a simple observance at home with quiet prayers for his safekeeping. Meanwhile, Basilius was fulfilling his task, serving the emir, when suddenly it said 
that he was whisked away. St. Nicholas appeared to the terrified boy, blessed him, and sent him on his way back to his home in Myra. Now imagine the joy, the wonderment, when Basilius amazingly appeared before his parents, still holding the king's cup. It's one of the first stories of St. Nicholas protecting children, which became his primary role in the West. So you'll see uh, golden cups that are used in, in memory of his faith. Also, there's a story here, there's several of them, that are told of Nicholas and the sea. And he became known as the patron saint of sailors. Now, when he was young, Nicholas had sought the holy by making a pilgrimage to the holy land. And then as he, where, where, where he, uh, excuse me, there he walked where Jesus had walked and he sought to know Jesus more personally, his passion and his resurrection. And so as he's returning by sea, uh, a storm threatened to wreck the ship. Nicholas calmly prayed and the terrified soldiers were amazed when the wind and the waves calmed, sparing them all. And so in many places, he's known as the patron saint of sailors and voyagers. And it's shown then by the symbol of ships and anchors. Thank you, Donovan, for letting me borrow your ship. <laughs> it's there that he laid hold of the hope that he had beyond this life that the Hebrew writer talks about in Hebrews chapter 6. But the one that probably most of us are familiar with, well, probably in many of your homes, even tonight and ours, there's a whole bunch of them that are across the banister of the stairwell coming up to our second floor. There are socks. Not just socks that we wear, but Christmas socks, right? Uh, one of the most memorable and remarkable stories of St. Nicholas tells of a poor man who had three daughters. And in those days, a young woman's father had to offer a prospective husband something of value, a dowry. The larger the dowry, the better the chance of that young woman being able to find a good husband. Without a dowry, the woman was unlikely to marry, and therefore the prospects of her life would be that often she would be destined to slavery or worse, to prostitution. So mysteriously, on three different occasions, the story is told that three bags of gold appeared in the home of this poor man right in front of the fireplace. Some tell the story that it was in, in stockings or socks that were right in front of the fireplace. That led to the that they were they were drying there, but they it led to this custom of children hanging stockings or in my tradition out of my Dutch tradition, we would take wooden shoes, and there's a little slant to this. Uh, we would take we didn't have wooden very many wooden shoes until I was a little bit older, so you take your regular shoes and they would put a little carrot in there for the reindeer, but you would leave empty shoes. And in return, in my Dutch tradition, you'd receive an orange, which was a symbol of the wealth or the, uh, you know, in, in some traditions, gold bags of gold or gold balls that were, were there to represent the, uh, the fact that St. Nicholas was a gift giver. 
Now, because of these stories and, and a lot more, he's known, as, again, as the patron saint of innocent children and sailors. And while we may never know the whole of these stories, what's clear is that he was a man anchored in faith, in hope, and in love. His name is literally on every continent. Um, he's revered. There are thousands, literally thousands of churches named after him in all kinds of different countries, countless cities, towns, villages. It's a long journey from the 4th century. This Bishop of Myra, St. Nicholas, who showed devotion of God with extraordinary kindness and generosity to those in need. And however you want to peel back the onion of history, what I want us to hear is that he's still St. Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra, who's carrying surprises and continues to surprise and be a model for us of giving and faithfulness today, culturally, mattering in which one you've come from. It's marked by some expression of St. Nicholas, whether it's Kris Kringle, Father Christmas, St. Nick, and even here in America, Santa Claus. The true story is about a man loving God and loving people, and living with faith, hope, and love vibrant in his heart. I mean, who gives away his inheritance to save those who cannot repay his generosity? Who spends his life defending the most marginalized and forgotten? And again, who will never have a capacity to return that favor? Who rescues those who have no hope of being rescued? Unless you've come to know the person of Jesus Christ, who's done all of that and more for you. The one who left the highest place of the universe to become the lowest. The one who left the limitless resources to become utterly dependent as a baby in the arms of his mother. The one who came to give his life to bring hope and peace and love to those who had no chance of ever finding it on their own. Beloved, that is what Christmas is. Not a jolly old man, but a God who came in love to become man, to rescue, redeem, and restore man. What child is this? Who gave up his inheritance, who gave his life to rescue, who invites us to know peace, hope, and love that we can never have on our own. His name is Yeshua. Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. Grace and mercy that left the highest place to reach the lowest. We did not come up. Love came down. Heaven came down to the ash heap of our barrenness and our brokenness to reveal mercy and grace. And beloved, that's good news. Behold this day in the town of Ephrathah. I want to remind you, I shared this last week. Ephrathah meaning the ash heap. Bethlehem meaning the house of bread. That God can even rename a city. He can rename our lives. He can restore and renew. That's what was born to us on this day. I want to invite us to share this closing prayer together. If you want to just pray this with me, it's, I should be on your screen there. Let's pray this prayer. God of all ages 
in the birth of Christ, your boundless love for all people shattered the power of darkness. Be born in us with that same love and light that our song may blend with all the choirs of heaven and earth to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen.